You're listening to the Library Pros Podcast with Chris and Bob, a techie librarian and a computer IT guy discussing libraries, technology, and all things this side of the reference desk. Thanks, Carl. Hi, and welcome to episode 38A of the Library Pros Podcast. Uh, hang on. This isn't our show. What? What's going on? Turbit and Duck. Purveyors of cultural expertise and library SAS since 1885. Well, in case you haven't noticed, this is what happens when two podcasts from opposite ends of the earth collide. <laughs> I'm Chris. That was absolutely horrific. <laughs> and I'm Bob. <laughs> and I'm Sally. <laughs> and I'm Amy. And we are here from Australia. Um, that was a terrible Aussie accent, Chris. Like, yeah. terrible. Thank you. But 10 points for trying. Yeah. 50 points for Gryffindor. Well done. Right. Good Lord. Today, Chris and I are coming to you from the Sachem Public Library's podcasting studio at the Booth in Holbrook, New York. And we are coming to you from the Central Coast in New South Wales and the Gold Coast in Queensland. If this is your first time listening to us, thanks for coming. It's probably the last time you're going to come, too. That's what I was going to say. If this is the last time listening to us, thanks for coming. No, it's the best time. The best ever. So the Library Pros podcast is produced bi-monthly. Turbot and, and Duck is also bi-monthly. And if you're looking, you can find Library Pros on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on our homepage at thelibrarypros.com. And if you like what you hear, consider leaving a review on the service of your choice. We are also on Twitter at The Library Pros and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Library Pros. And you can find us in all the same places. And our website is turbotnduck. It's T-U-R-B-I-T-T-N-D-U-C-K.com. And on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, our handle is turbotnduck also. So today we are joined by Sally Turbot and Amy Wildock via Google Hangouts. Wait, Chris and Bob, are you joining us via Google Hangouts? Today, we're going to host each other and talk about libraries, podcasting, what we have in common, no matter where you are on the planet, and of course, Twitter. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. That sounded really good. That's pretty good, right? Twitter. Yeah, it was really good. All I knew, before Twitter, all I knew was crikey, but that's not really enough. Oh. So what do you want to bring up? Ooh, there's an international incident. So <laughs> usually the segment, uh, in this segment, we learn about our guest, but who's really the guest today anyway? So, Sally and Amy, tell us about where you work and what you do. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Amy. I am a librarian. Uh, I currently work at the City of Gold Coast Libraries as an outreach librarian, which means I get to focus on things outside the libraries whilst uh, pretty much everyone else focuses inside the libraries. So, it's really exciting. I get to go out and about, meet the community, do events um, in the great outdoors, sometimes on the beach, things like that. So that's really exciting. Yeah, and I am also a librarian and I work for the Australian Library and Information Association, which is our version of your Australian Library Associ uh, American Library <laughs> Association. And I'm the state manager for New South Wales. So I work with our members in New South Wales and also our groups and attend events and uh, present awards and get out, get out and about talking about libraries and telling people what we do. Okay, so tell us about yourselves, guys. Okay, well, I'm Chris DeCristofaro, and uh, one half of the Library Pros. And uh, I am a technology librarian at the Sachem Public Library in Holbrook, New York, which is on uh, Long Island in uh, Suffolk County. Uh, I 
I'm the team leader of uh, a group of uh, librarians who uh, are cross departments. And what we do is um, we built makers, a makerspace called The Studio. And it's really unique and, and fun place. And we do all kinds of really cool stuff, including having the booth, the recording booth. And we have a laser engraver and a bunch of 3D printers and a green screen and robotics and a whole bunch of cool stuff. Cool. Your turn, Your turn, Bob. Cool. And some books. You probably have some books. Oh, we too, have right? books. Sure. A couple of books left? Good. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Bob Johnson. I'm, I work at the Emma Clark Memorial Library. It's up in Setauket, New York, on the same Long Island that Chris works on. And um, I'm the manager of Information and Technology Services. And we pretty much handle most anything that plugs in and some things that don't. So uh, we support our librarians and, and all the folks that come in that lovely library. That's a beautiful library, too. I like that library. Very historic library. It is. Mm -hmm. Our previous guest, right? Our previous guest kind of grew up there. That was pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. So we oh, have is a that Herb? No. Who was, who was the last, right? Who was the last that? Oh, um, Matt Fisserer. He's the yes. he's the director of oh, the. Uh, that was a good oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. Um, so we just listened to the one with Herb. Oh, Herb yeah. Biblo, Amazing. yeah. Herb, that was really good. Yeah, he's yeah. an interesting guy, right? Amazing. He was Incredible. great. I love that yeah. episode. It was Look at so that. We're good we're plugging a previous episode. Does that mean we have to, <laughs> does that well, mean we have to bring up Rob soon? Yeah, we'll bring up Rob soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. And when do we mention Ellen Druder? Five dollars. Yes. Anytime. And, and in case Ellen is Australia. listening, that's not $5 Australian either. <laughs> yeah, because that'd be less. It was a conversion, <laughs> right? So it was like four fifty something, right? Yeah, like four sixty five. Like yeah. 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 So if, so every time we say Ellen Druda, it's keep adding it up. So what are we up to ten dollars now? <laughs> You're saying exercise have you got? Chris, are you saying Ellen Druda's stock has gone down? I don't think Ellen Druda's stock has gone down at all. I think Ellen Druda... Because she's a mover and shaker, so surely her stock has gone up. So maybe it's... Yeah, maybe she's going up to $10 now because she's a mover and shaker. Maybe. You might have to pay her more. No, she pays us. Oh, oh, that's right. Sorry. Somehow she tried... She During the... During the uh, the Lurik episode, she tried to turn that around on us, and sorry, uh, okay. it does yeah. not work you know that way. Chris, from here forward, because of Ellen's Mover and Shaker Award, she's eleven dollars. She's worth the extra dollar. I would yeah. say, she, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ellen okay. drew to eleven bucks. Eleven bucks. That's it from here forward. Oh boy, <laughs> I hope she's good at math. <laughs> it's a little bit harder <laughs> when you throw the extra symbol. Phone, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Siri can do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. We have a lot to talk about, and we're probably going to be laughing our butts off like we haven't already for the past 45 minutes before we plunk down the mics. <laughs> so, and actually, our window of opportunity to actually talk before, you know, we go too far into the night and they get too, too into their late morning, early afternoon. Uh, so we do have a window that we can speak to each other in real time. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, hopefully we aren't going to destroy Australian-American relations. So, we'll, ooh, is that your vicious animal in the background? Yeah, sorry yeah. about that. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully he doesn't jump up and bite you in the neck or something. No, no, is I've that Pete or Wilma? Both of them. Something's going both. on out there. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
All four of us are back. For the Turbot and Duckers out there, Chris and Bob are with you. And for the Library Pros listeners, we are speaking with Sally and Amy. Okay, so since the boys started the podcast their way, it's our turn to set the pace for this segment. Uh, We talk a lot on our podcast, Turbot and Duck, about professional development for library staff and why it's so important. So we do have a few questions for you guys. Are you ready? Oh, God. Here we go. Okay, question one is, how important is professional development in your workplaces and what kind of PD is offered to staff? You want to start, Bob? You want me to start? Is that what you want to do? Sure, why not? Yeah, go, Bob. You're on. All right, so I'll go. So professional development is, I mean, obviously important for, I think, any job, but especially in the library field because stuff changes so quickly. Uh, Technology changes so quickly. Information changes instantly. Um, So to stay up on that, we have, um, I always plug, the Suffolk Cooperative Library System, because they really help all of us out to stay on top of whatever your career choice is, like minus technology. So they offer a bunch of services, and, and they offer um, the Computer and Technical Services Division, which Chris is actually the past president of, right, Chris? That's right. And, uh, and, this, and this other group called the Technology Information Forum, where myself and a bunch of our, our colleagues that Chris actually runs right now, we get together and we talk about technology, and we stay on the, the latest and greatest and, and kind of edge-breaking stuff um, to make sure we, we stay with professional development. And they give us courses, too. You know, we'll also go in the city and we'll take some courses depending on what, what's out there. But I think if you don't stay in, involved in that in the field that we're in, uh, you can get lost really quickly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would agree with that, Bob. Um, in fact, I'm glad you brought up the TIFF group because, uh, you know, it's something that you brought me into, and I'm really proud to say that, you know, I'm, I helped to coordinate it. And every month we try to make – it's really a balance. It started, and Bob, you know about this more than anybody. Um, it started as an IT thing, as the guys in the server room getting together and having coffee and, and complaining about the librarians. Um, <laughs> <laughs> True story. Yeah. Um, and now it's, it's, it's really become 50-50. So what, the big challenge for me is keeping it interesting for the librarians and interesting for the IT guys. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of evolved now where we do um, – Two, it's it's one meeting, but we do we break it up into two sections. The first section, hopefully, I have either a speaker or we're going to talk about a particular topic that's going to be relevant for everybody. But the part that I think that that helps the IT people is that the second half is the roundtable discussion. Now you yeah. say, oh, roundtable discussion. Do we wear name tags and say, hi, my name's Chris and I work at no, it's <laughs> it's more like. Who's doing something really exciting? And somebody will jump in and say, I found out how to lock down iPads. Because how many times do we circulate iPads when we come back and have a billion games on them and everything is deleted and all the settings are messed up? And uh, Jesse from the Connecticut Public Library came up with a way to lock them down. So that was like, boom. That, you know, all you need, you need an icebreaker, right? So you need just that one person to start the discussion. And next thing you know, it's whipping around the table. And that's where I think IT... The IT guys, and I shouldn't say guys. I don't mean guys like men. I just mean the people who work in IT. Even though here in New York, it's especially in Suffolk County, it's very heavily male. Um, it, it's it's a way to get the IT guys into it because sometimes you know we do things that are in the first session. Maybe we're talking about makerspaces, which is IT related, but tangentially. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the good thing that we're doing now, I've worked out with um, the Suffolk Cooperative Library System. Librarians now need continuing education credits to maintain their professional certificate. 
Uh, it's right. right now is for people who got their license after 2004 or five or something like that. But uh, the state is now talking about making it for everybody. So I offer wow. every month three CEUs um, for attending. So that's helped our numbers a little bit too. Yeah. Um, and the, the best part about it is most CEUs you have to pay for to go to, and mine is completely free. So mine meaning the TIFF group. It's not really mine. I just help coordinate <laughs> it. Um, but it, what's really nice is every month there's something different. And I try to keep it fresh. One month we had um, uh, somebody set up a drone tent to show how you can fly drones and keep them from flying away and have them for patrons. Uh, we just had a, a demonstration from uh, Aurora from SCLS, the Suffolk Cooperative Library System, um, demonstrating Google Expeditions, which is something not okay. everybody in the library can afford. Uh, so, you know, professional development, it's just, it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, so my you, question to that yeah. is, um, is, is that all done during your work hours or is that done you know, outside of your work hours? Uh, most of it's done during the work hours. So if you go to the TIFF group, which is what Chris was talking about, uh, that's during work time. So most libraries will pay you to go. Okay, so you, cool. You go into your library later on or something like that. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Sally, do you have any questions? Uh, yeah, just I suppose whether there are other, like what sort of paid PD is there? Is it sort of courses or workshops or you know, one day things, obviously there's conferences, but are there smaller things that people like staff are encouraged to go to if they can? I don't know, Chris. I mean, Chris has been in the library field, I think, as long as I have, if not a little longer. When I worked at the Port Jeff Library, they actually paid for me to go get Cisco certified and Microsoft oh, okay. certified. So I yeah. went to these, you know, the smaller classes at the business schools and we went for a year or two. And when you yeah. were done, you had the certification and you used yeah. that certification on the job. So uh, okay. it was really it was a nice experience and they were willing to pay for that so it was really good so, so it's kind of dependent on whoever you're working for right. at the time and how they what they think is appropriate pd and whether they're going to help you yeah i guess it or not and your personal motivation too you know question two mm -hmm. that we were talking about you know Ooh. if you're if you're good at what you do you want to stay you know at the cutting edge or you want to stay kind of at the leading edge or else you get really bored especially in the technology field you, you could just sit back and put your feet up and watch stuff run but mm -hmm. you really need to be, you know, to serve the patrons correctly and even better to serve the staff, to allow them to serve the patrons better. You need to be on your game and, and have your stuff fresh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it's a big thing that, that we sort of talk about a lot. And it's a personal responsibility to yeah. keep yourself motivated and learning, um, you know, that just your finish library school or your finish your qualification, whatever it may be, does not mean that the learning journey is over. And that whilst a lot of our workplaces try their very best to have enough um, money or staff time to send people to courses, uh, the reality of it is is your workplace is not responsible for keeping you up to date. You are, and mm. you need to um, to keep to keep um, you know to be a modern worker and to keep up with as you said to to serve our patrons correctly you've got to keep up to date and often that means doing doing stuff in your own time yeah well, well i agree with that too because a lot of times because i teach a lot of ipad iphone stuff um and primarily i'm dealing with with seniors and yeah you know you have to kind of know the ins and outs right so every day i'm reading uh i use flip the app flipboard 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And I uh, I curate it just for technology news because you never know who's going to walk in and what they're going to walk in with, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. For for our library, which is you know not every library, but for our library, eighty percent of the time they're walking in with an iPhone or an iPad, and they're having a problem with who knows what, right? So you have to. In fact, we just got one today where somebody booked a, a one-on-one. They, we call them Tech Thirties, uh, where they wanted to sync their phone and iPad. Now, yeah, uh, I don't know what that means. I know I know I have a concept of what they're looking for. I just don't know exactly what they think they're looking for because they can articulate what they think it is, but that may not be the term of art. So part of our job is being an interpreter, right? Trying to understand, okay, you mean sync this to this, but maybe you don't mean sync. Maybe you mean you want your contacts to go back and forth. Maybe you just want your text Mm -hmm. messages to go back. So reference reference interviews are so important. Um, And that's that's a good crossover skill, right? And Mm -hmm. yeah. But the idea is, you know, reading Flipboard and reading that tech news every day because there may be something new with Android that's, that's happening and people may come into you with it. Or uh, one of my favorite stories is somebody came in with a BlackBerry playbook and said, I want to put Overdrive on this. And What's a BlackBerry playbook? It was exactly. Black- <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it was, it was, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it was BlackBerry's attempt, their last dying gasp at making an iPad. Yeah. Oh. They they tried okay. to make a tablet and it failed miserably, and oh, um, wow. we still got it to work. The, the ah, funny... well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> but the the best part of the story is he goes, okay, now that you got it on that, here's my Samsung Galaxy Tab. Can you get it on here? Oh man, like, <gasps> I worked. <laughs> I worked for forty five minutes, oh. and now you hand me this. Okay, happy birthday to you. So, <laughs> I like the I like your Tech Thirty name. That's really neat. You like Tech Thirty? Yeah, that's the, cute. The concept is it's supposed to be thirty minutes. It's never thirty minutes. No, it's never thirty minutes. No, it's yeah. never. Thirty minutes isn't enough. It just no. like no. Because that reference interview part, as you said, it's spend thirty minutes just so. What do you want? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the next thirty minutes actually doing it. Well, you, you know what? Yeah. To do what? It doesn't do that. Yeah. Well, you know what a lot yeah. of people forget too when they're doing this 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 Tech 30 one-on-one. It's also publicity for the library, it's also uh community service for the library. It mm-hmm. it's and I have this, this story um so last week I had some comp time I needed to use. And I was going to take an extra hour. I was going to leave an hour early and it was 5 minutes before I was ready to go and I get a call from the desk with Oh, I have a patron who has a problem with her iCloud. Can you come out? And so I, my supervisor was in the office with me. I said, well, doesn't look like I'm taking that comp time. So I went out, and I was okay. I wasn't upset or anything. And it was a woman who um, just finished her last chemo treatment. Mm. And she was all down because her five gigs of free iCloud was almost up. And she, was, uh. she had just booked a, a flight to Paris. She was leaving in uh, three or four days. And she was afraid she wasn't going to be able to take pictures. So that's when you have to kind of do that, you know, be the face of the library. So I fixed whatever was wrong with it. It was, it was not a hard thing. It wasn't a bad thing. It wasn't a, a, a terrible thing to fix. It was very simple. But for her, it was Mount Everest, right? Yeah. So I fixed it in the first 10 minutes. And then I spent the next half hour just talking to her. And in that talking to her, we were we established a rapport. 
now she knows when she has a problem, she can come and feel even more comfortable coming to the library. Mm-hmm. And I gave her my email address because she's because I, I tend to have uh, my my grandfather came from France. So I kind of like th- all things French. Yeah. And uh, she says, well, when I go, can I email you pictures? So I gave her Aww. my work email and she actually came back yesterday yeah. to tell me she was feeling good and she was still going and to confirm my email address. So oh, that's great. Did I did yeah. I miss out on that hour of comp? I, I, on the timesheet I did, but can you really call yeah. that working when you're doing something, you know, it's more than just a good deed. It's just it's being a, a human and a person and I think that's what mm-hmm. I, I can't speak for all librarians, but there are some librarians out there that are like, "Nope, next. Yes, next. Yeah. No, next." Mm-hmm. And that's not the way we used to do it, so I'm not doing it. And no. yeah. there's this human connection that you have to make with patrons. And that's what yeah. I enjoy about my job the most because I get to make those human connections every single day. Mm. And it's fun. That's, that's so nice to hear. And I think um, that – and it can be tough, you know, when, when you've got a whole line of people waiting or you've got uh, rosters, you know, a lot, you know, an hour here, an hour there, you've got to move here. We've got staff changing over. It can be hard to to feel like that's a good use of your time. But I think definitely um, if if you're listening and you're a team leader or a manager or, or um, you know, a branch librarian in charge, let your staff do that. Let them have that time because, as you say, Chris, it's, it's the best sort of advertising or promotion for your yeah. library service because those people walk out and they tell everybody – that they know about the amazing service they had at the library. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely true. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, and I have tons of stories about that because that's part of what I enjoy doing. You know, some people, Oh, Chris is talking to another patron again. (laughs) Grumble, grumble, grumble. But you know what? At the end of the day, they're coming back, you know, and whether they ask for me or not, I don't, that's not why I'm doing it. This isn't a popularity contest. It's, it's about, Mm -hmm. Serving your patrons. And I, I talk about it all the time in this podcast that the library world sometimes forgets, you know, with maker spaces and, you know, all these monumental things that libraries are doing and how we're changing and morphing and developing and evolving. All wonderful, great things. But at the end of the day, when all is said and done, all the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed, we're there for the patrons. Mm-hmm. That's why we are there. We're there for the customer service. We're mm-hmm. there to serve their needs. We're there to provide yep. space for them. And Rob Thompson was eloquent on your podcast about space and the use mm-hmm. of space. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's about the patron at the end of the day. When you're talking about your raison d'etre, the reason why you're there, it's those patrons. Yeah. It's people who come through your door, like them, hate them, ambivalent towards them. That's the reason why we're there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. A lot of the time we we try to design our spaces how we want people to use them. But really, yeah. it's the community decides. Um, we we had a space that at my previous job, it was a, a co-working space, a free co-working space called the Business Studio at the State Library of Queensland. And we sort of thought that there would be all this networking going on and group work and people would all get together and you know, brainstorm and have marvellous entrepreneurial ideas and things like that. 
but really what how the community decided to use that space was predominantly as a quiet space they wanted to come sit down um you know hack away on their computer with their headphones on and that's how the community decided to use that space so if that's what the community needs from us well then that's what we give them mm. And isn't that yeah. interesting how space evolves like that? Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. 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 So it was a really interesting journey to like sit behind our, you know, in our office behind the glass wall and watch them and think, why aren't they having more fun? But <laughs> <laughs> where are the balloons? <laughs> yes, we put in the, the couch and, and everything yeah. for funsies. And yeah. they're not doing it. No, but, mm. you know, that, that's what they needed from us. That's the type of space that they needed that they couldn't get anywhere else. Mm. Yeah. I visited a library yesterday um, who, that they had a quite a large internal refurbishment last year and it's very beautiful on the inside now. But they, when they mapped out the space and decided, you know, where to move things around and what room had to go where, they actually based it on noise levels within the library and noticed where people made noise and then so... They, they have a room um, which is has lovely glass doors and very comfortable furniture inside and a very small reference collection and it has the big word quiet on the door and that's the quiet room. Yeah. And it has the newspapers and there were people in there the whole time that I was there and they put the children in a in a long space with doors that being, can be closed down the other end and that's the children's area down the other end so the, the, they've sort of the, they've made it, you know, they've sort of used noise as a way of setting up the zones in the library and thinking mm. about people using the space that way. Yeah. And it works really well because you don't really feel like, you know, with story time they can close the doors. And so, you know, less noise is going to filter out into the library. But the, the space outside, the children's section, which has tables and PowerPoints and computer spots, that's sort of also the noisy space. So then if someone sits there and wants to read quietly and then complains about the fact that it's, you know, people are talking, sitting around me, they say, well, we have a quiet zone at the other end of the library <laughs> that you're welcome to use if you want. And that sort of works around that whole, you know, people expecting it to be a completely silent place in the whole building. Worked yeah. really, it works really nicely. Hmm. Well, where else can you get a quiet space? I mean, if you go to anywhere else that you go in this busy world where everything is so rush, rush and, you know, respond now and get back to this mm -hmm. text and read this email, where can you get a designated quiet space where you can go and most libraries have a beautiful view. They have tons of resources, and you can just mm. sit and expect it to be quiet. Yeah, and they, they have some beautiful cabinetry made um, with drawers uh, in the bottom of it, and that's where they store all the newspapers because newspapers are really messy, and they're, they're often the yeah. hardest bit in a collection to kind of keep tidy, and they really expected, the staff really expected to have to go in there all the time and, and be putting them away, and actually no, because people sort of treat it a bit like a lovely lounge room, yeah. and so everyone, people get the paper out, and then they finish, and then they open the drawer, and they put it away, like, and it's sort of like a self, self-tidying yeah. space in a way, because people appreciate it for what it is, and yeah, it's an yeah. interesting, they were, they were surprised by that. Yeah. What I, oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, Sally had shared some of the pictures with me from the place she was at yesterday, and I actually the the glass room with the word "quiet" on it. Mm. I I show that to my supervisor, and she says, "Ooh, I like that." You know yeah. why? Because it's it's it's, awesome. it's understated, but yes. yet it's it speaks volumes. Quiet. Okay. Yeah. So if I walk in here, it's going to be quiet, and if I go in there, yeah. I know I. I should not be making noise. 
Yeah. It's, it's just... And the kids section has um, read, play, learn on the doors in big letters, the same as the quiet. So it's sort of making an obvious um, statement about, you know, what those spaces are for. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Mm. Do you have um, your university libraries or college libraries? Is that what you call them? Um, <laughs> and uh, a lot of the ones in Australia, they have multiple floors. So the higher um, you go on the floors, the quieter it gets. Mm. So by the time you get to the top floor, it's like you're not even allowed to talk at all. Like it's, it's only <laughs> hand gestures allowed up there and yeah. the community gets really cranky at you. So, you know, um, I think... QUT, Queensland University of Technology Library has five or six floors, so it does progressively get hmm. really, really quiet the further you go. Well, it's funny because uh, I had done a podcast recently with Adelphi University in Garden City. Uh, it's in Nassau County here on the island. And after we did the podcast, uh, they gave me a tour. And one thing that was striking to me in a good way was that there was so much open space and kiosks with charging stations everywhere and mm. collaborative spaces with whiteboards and uh, digital projectors and smart boards. And, and I had to actually say to, to, believe it or not, to Sally, who we've been, Sally. Oh, the other Sally. The other, the other Sally. Sally. Yeah. So we got to give it up <laughs> Hi, to, for Sally Stiglitz over at Delphi. Um, there was so much open space and so much collaborative space. And I think the, that's the new thing, whether it's in university libraries or in public libraries. Collaborative spaces are such a huge thing now. And mm -hmm. it was really interesting. I had to say to Sally, where are the books? So the books yeah. were in – the books, don't get me wrong, the books are not going anywhere. Um, <laughs> but now they're not the front and center anymore. It's, it's more yeah. about yeah. that either quiet study rooms or collaborative spaces or just a place to camp out, right? So yeah. a couple of weeks ago, I went back to my where I got my library science degree at uh, Long Island University, CW Post Campus, because I hadn't been back there in, God, 20 years? Was, no, not 20. Yeah, maybe, let's say 15 years. And the library had not, when I was there, the library had not been updated since probably, I'm going to be nice and say the early 60s. Wow. So everything was yeah. still that that avocado green carpeting and drapery ah. and, <laughs> and had that, that smell, you know. Not the bad mm. smell, but that, that old book smell. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I was in the area with my daughter, and I said, we have to go check this out. And I didn't want to tell her where we were going. Um, and we went there, and the walls, you would walk in, and there was like a, a huge, like, entryway that was kind of like you know just a hallway kind of thing with couches and then there was a wall on the left hand side and the library was behind that wall and then there was a wall on the right hand side and that was archives and now all the walls are gone i mean like uh, gone right. wow. i don't know how they're holding the building up <laughs> because and they they hid the columns very well and everything but it's an old it's an old building right and it's gorgeous and it's the same atmosphere that i saw at adelphi university charging stations, collaborative areas. The reference desk was not front and center of the room. It was yeah, off to the side. A common trend, yeah, right. moving away from the door. And there were no magnetometers <laughs> to walk through to make sure you're stealing the book. A which... magnetometer? <laughs> Is that what they're called? Uh, yeah, so, you know, when you walk through and yeah. the thing beeps because you stole the book. You the know, gates. 
Okay, we, I guess you can the call them. The gates of hell. <laughs> the, yeah. gates. the gates. What do you call them, Bob? Security. Help me out here, Bob. We call yes, them the gates. Ma- I'm calling them magnetometers from now on. Yes. I'm, I'm going to tell a patron, please walk through yeah. over there through the magnetometer. And, yeah. And, yes. Yeah, yeah correct. So... It's like it needs like sprays that like shoot out so some sort of cleansing mist at you at the same time. It was only a matter of time. It's like jail, Chris. It's a delousing agent comes out of the magnetometer. There you go. Right, you, yeah, you decontaminate yourself. It's wow. like coming out of Plum Island or something, right? That's right. <laughs> so um, there was none of that. And I yeah. was walking and I literally had to hunt to find the books. And we found the books and they were all the way in the back, but they had refurbished the entire building. Mm. And they they have they had when when I was there and my wife worked there, they had a a special um, section in another part of the library that was just for library and information science. So all the specialty materials were there, and it's now a reference office. So mm. I went over to the librarian and said, "I got a question for you. I went here. I graduated from here in two thousand and one from my library science degree. Where's the LIS collection?" And she says, oh, it's in the stacks with everything else now. So, <laughs> okay. so, so, but it's nice because, you know, the library has completely changed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, what, a, why, why are they on. specializing, you know, pulling that collection out in particular? Maybe it's, it's not high use. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. We've got a couple you know, of libraries here that have very large, um, retrieval systems, like automated retrieval systems, like big robots. So the University of Technology Sydney has their stacks are underground underneath the building and it's, um, I think it's about 10 storeys high and most of, you know, most of their collection is housed underground in this. I've got some video of it. It's when you go and see it, it's it's honestly, it's like something out of a sci-fi movie. You know, the book gets requested through the catalogue um, in the library, which is in another building. And then the robot comes down and it whizzes along and then drops down 10 stories, pulls out a, a drawer, brings it back up. And then someone's there, someone turns up every hour and there'll be, you know, like a dozen of these drawers sitting there waiting and they've just got to retrieve the books um, that way. And they've used that to sort of um, create more space within the library itself. That's cool. I'd want to to get librarians excited, (laughs) take them for a tour of these things that everyone's like all the cat, all the phones are out recording and sort of squeals (laughs) of excitement as it's sort of going up and down. It's very cool. That's Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, we really love Twitter. 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 <laughs> Twitter. 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 Um, and we, we uh, you know, I think we could probably all agree that it's a great, it's such an amazing tool for library people to connect. And like we met you, we met the library pros. Spit that one out, right? Library pros Pros. uh, through Twitter. That's really hard to say. And we connected and we started talking and now we're making an episode, you know, from either side of the world. Um, So what's your favorite thing about Twitter? Twitter. It's really hard to say that way. Twitter. Twitter. What's your favorite thing about Twitter, guys? You know, for me, uh, it's a great way to find guests. It's a great way, mm-hmm. even if you look at the, the mover and shaker list, right? The library journal mover and shaker list. Sometimes before they list the person's email, they list their Twitter handle. Mm. Yeah. That, that in and of itself speaks volumes about what, it, what that means to library land, right? So it means to me, I'm able to find interesting people 
through following other podcasts or other librarians. Like if I'm following David Lee King and he's retweeting somebody, something somebody's doing in, you know, I don't know, North Texas or Oklahoma or California, I'll then look on their Twitter and look at their feed and see what they're talking about and what they've been talking about and what their specialty is. And maybe they would be an interesting guest to be on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah. I'm using it for research to follow, you know, um, Cult of Mac to find out what's happening with iPads, right? And what else, whatever else is happening in, in the world of Mac. But I think as a, as a tool, it's, I mean, geez, it is a lot of fun follow, following things on Twitter. So long as you stay away from the very dark part of Twitter, you know, when they mm. talk about politics and talk, talk about bullying and, and all the terrible, horrible things we usually hear about Twitter, I think Twitter gets a bad rap for that because that's the stuff, you know, the people who yell the bad stuff get seem to yell a lot louder than the people yelling the good stuff. And yeah, I hear that quite often. People saying, I'm leaving Twitter because of the trolls and it's such a negative space. And I always say, well, that's not what my experience is of Twitter. It's yeah. completely positive. It's all about sharing. I don't see those things on my feed, obviously, because that's how I've curated my list of people I'm following. So I'm not seeing it. But it's it's a positive space. And as you, as you say, Chris, um, it gets a bad rap. Absolutely. And... What a better way to find out and learn something new that's happening somewhere other than when somebody tweets it out, right? I yep. mean, yeah. if nothing else, you find out when the next podcast episode's coming out from Turbot and Duck. That's right. That's well, when correct. I, when I was studying, I studied my degree online. So it was, you know, I was home and didn't work in a library. So I didn't have a lot of understanding about libraries well I had no understanding about systems and processes and structures of libraries and all all that sort of stuff um and one of my one of the lecturers from the university had a um had a twitter account so I thought oh well I'm I'll I'll give it a go and see what I can get out of it and what I got out of it was that I found people that I could follow the conversations they were having about and often it was about the things that I was studying and was really struggling to understand Um, so yeah being on Twitter helped me sort of enhance my learning and sort of raise my level of learning but then also led me to people to connect with and and sometimes meet face to face like I knew Amy on Twitter before we actually met in person yeah. um, a few years ago. So I think you can't, that, that level of, of connecting with people and finding people that have the similar interests in, li- in library land to you, Twitter is absolutely the place to make it happen. And I do sometimes wake up at night in a cold sweat wondering what will happen <laughs> if um, Twitter gets sold and deleted. I think like like any social media platform, it it is kind of what you make it. You know, it's a tremendous resource for the world and Mm -hmm. individually, personally, it's exactly what you use it for. You know, so I can choose. That's the best thing I love about Twitter is a the reach. You can reach people around the world like yourselves Mm. and the, the ability to to define that reach for me personally. So yes. I can be friends. I can be friends with you guys. I can be friends with Chris. I can follow you guys on Twitter, and that now you become my kind of circle of people, right? And then there's a larger circle of, of mm-hmm. kind of interests on the outside and community and things like that, and all that other stuff. And usually in technology and, and a tremendous resource like Twitter and Facebook and social media platforms, uh, kind of the same. With the very good can come the very bad. So as long as you block that very bad out, and you know if somebody's mm-hmm. going to use it, they're going to use it, but. We're going to use it for very good things and very good resources for our staff and patrons, and, and that's what I love the most about it. 
But what, what's interesting, yeah. too, is that you, you have reach that you wouldn't ordinarily have. Like, you think I'd be able to speak to David Lee King, you know, the, the exactly. guru of libraries, or Gina Millsap, or Rebecca Stavik, or any of these people who are superstars in library land? Chances Not with your are, Australian accent. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's so it's so it's so true though. Um, Sally and I convened a conference specifically for new librarians uh, last year. Was that last year, Sally? Um, you know, the time yes. goes so quickly. Yeah, um, last year. Yeah. Yeah, but we got um, our David Lenkis to be a keynote speaker by tweeting him, and <laughs> you know, for some little old librarians in Australia, yeah, how would you reach? someone like that who um, probably gets a billion emails all the time and how do you, yeah, how do you do that? We did it through Twitter. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying in, I think, I forget which one of your episodes, I think maybe it was your last one, you know, who uses email anymore? I mean, duh, we all use email, but it's like, like I can't get my daughters to use email because they think it's old and clunky. Email's weird. Yeah, yeah, it's, old it's really cool. slow. They're like, so you have to click on that, and then you have to like type some stuff, and then you have to, have to like, send. You yeah, have to you wait for a response. Yeah. you don't know when they're typing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They don't know when they're typing. There's no bubble that shows up to show. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. the little dots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never thought about it like that, but yes. Oh come right. on, aren't you excited when you write to somebody and then you see the little dots pop right up? Oh, oh, they're yeah. writing back. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm important. I'm important. No, it's great. <laughs> I mean, but, well, we actually, Sally and I use Slack rather than email mm. to communicate mm. for that same reason because um, it clogs up your email account, stuff gets lost in there. Um, yeah. yeah. So much easier to use an, an online messaging app. It is true. It is very true. Mm. I know because yeah. we use Outlook at work. And I'm sorry. just. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> just the way the screen is laid out, I could lose emails just because of the way it's laid out. It's just it's not yeah. intuitive. Yeah. And it's I can hear the cease and desist from Microsoft as we speak. Um, you know, you it's didn't just say who made it. You just said Outlook. Now you screwed it up. Oh, now you yeah. <laughs> Remember, that was Bob Johnson that said that. Yes. Um, <laughs> Microsoft, Microsoft. Um, so it, it, I, I very it's very easy for me to, to lose my my. It, the, the most current emails just because you get stacked up with so much other just junk and yeah. and it's yeah. so hard to see your feed and there's too many yeah. screens and even if you're looking yeah. at it on your phone it's it's still the same kind of clunkiness yeah we yeah. use the outlook for my um work we use outlook and we have the you know the web the owa like the web application that web you can app, log yeah. Into. yeah the web one and because i use a mac if i press delete to delete an email it doesn't delete you know like when you highlight the email ah. you've read it and you want to get right, rid yeah. of it yeah and you highlight it you press delete and nothing happens and it jumps to something else <laughs> so it's very yeah you have to actually go and click on the little x to actually delete the email it actually drives me bonkers yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what's the best connection that you've made through Twitter? Turbot and Duck. Turbot and Duck. Yeah, there you go. Indeed. It has to be Turbot and Duck. I mean, God. Who else would be that insane to do a crossover podcast with us? This is true. Isn't it so amazing, though? Like, it really is powerful because, yeah, you just send one little message 
and then something happens and then something yeah. else happens and something yeah. else happens yeah. and before you know you know you're just going backwards and forwards with all sorts mm -hmm. of stuff and you're sharing and you're talking and then other people are joining the conversation and before you know it it's a whole phenomenon <laughs> the whole thing yeah and then we'll be having tours and we'll be coming to the states and practicing yeah. our terrible accents and then you guys yeah. will be coming out here and we'll be making you eat Vegemite and let's go um, throw tomatoes at us amazing coffee and coffee 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 coffee, coffee. coffee. Oh, coffee. that's okay Rob Thompson is the um the tour extraordinaire so he can organize your um your schedule yes because he's visited <laughs> every library ever built in Australia I think <laughs> Yeah, well, didn't like didn't he say when he was with you guys that he wanted to make a tour and he was going around? Yeah. Let's see. He started yeah. in. He wanted to go to China to that new new place and then go to Japan and then yeah. and then head yeah, over to Canada list. and then then and USI, which made me laugh. Yeah. yeah. And, and then he, yeah. then somehow he he cut it back and cut out North America altogether. Well, that's like a round the world ticket for us. <laughs> so <laughs> when we factor in like flying time, everything is a really long way away for us. So but, I think then he was thinking yeah. about, you know, like an a like an Asia, Southeast Asia. Um, we might have to do it in segments, otherwise, you know, yeah, it's fifteen it's hours otherwise, for us to yeah. live like Vancouver. So <laughs> and Vancouver is very Vancouver. far away from us. Yeah. 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 Um, and also, there's so many great libraries in the world. So it's like, well, let's go on our six month library tour. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Maybe that's what we'll all do when we retire. We'll just, you know, six months at home and then six months just touring libraries. Well, Sally, up. didn't you say it in a previous episode that whenever you go, I'm sorry, on holiday, you. Holiday, uh, yeah. yeah well, we, we call it what vacation. What do you say, vacation? Vacation. Uh, you know, oh, there's the library. Let's go and take a look. Yes. We yep. do it all the yep. time. Yep, all the Life time. Library tourism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How many weeks of um, vacation do you get a year <laughs> with your job? It depends from library to library. Um, okay. I believe I get four weeks, and then I get uh, floating holidays and uh, personal days. So I think what's when you add it all holiday? together. Yeah, it, what's it's... a floating holiday? So when we're open during a holiday – we get a day off for that. We don't get oh, that actual day. Like a time in lieu thing. Okay. Yeah. Like a what? That makes sense. Time in lieu. Time so, in lieu. Oh, in time. Not, okay. Not lieu as in like the toilet. That's, yeah. Well, oh, you yeah. mean no. like. Uh... <laughs> time in the loo. Not time, time in the, in the toilet. Loo. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I was a little slow on the uptake on that one. What was the other one? Floating holiday and. Uh, personal. So what's the difference between that? Is that like sick leave? No, sick is different. Oh. So you get some personal then, days. Um, I think I get... So like when you just feel like going to the movies? <laughs> <laughs> when you, you, when you feel like up? not using a vacation day. <laughs> Chris, Chris is giving away interlibrary secrets here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Very good. All right. <laughs> yeah. So how about you guys? When, when do you get time off? We get four weeks. Four weeks, yeah. Oh, wait, standard. Then that's standard. I think that's yeah. like some sort of law or something. Union, union thing. Yeah. Union yeah. thing. Yeah, so four weeks. But there's some, yeah, some people only get two weeks overseas and that just sounds horrendous. Yeah, that sounds mm. terrible. Gosh. Two weeks off? That's For the terrible. whole year. Yeah. Actually, wow. I, I have a really great um, uh, 
great work-life balance where I work at the city of Gold Coast. And so I work a nine-day fortnight. So basically it means that you'll get an extra day off every second week. So you work slightly longer days every day, but you'll have a five-day week and then you have a four-day week. A five-day week is to get a, a long weekend every two weeks. Oh, that's really cool. Well, yeah. I think we need to explain for the um, Library Pros um, listeners what a fortnight is. Oh, because oh. <laughs> yeah. we not everybody reads Shakespeare over here. Oh. It's two weeks. Well, two weeks is a two fortnight. Weeks. Fortnight, two weeks. Okay. Like, and the same as if we might spell my name. So S A double L Y. Oh, double L. Oh, <laughs> you, you're making me laugh yeah. because when I years ago when I worked in the courts, I used to you couldn't find good music to listen to without tons of commercials. So I listened to a Sydney a Sydney radio station. Oh, oh and goodness. the phone numbers were always funny because it was like seven triple oh triple five triple two. Yeah. Like, double <laughs> five double zero. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, so you guys, you guys are they phone the numbers or are they limericks? I don't get yeah, it. It's both. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. So it's fortnight is a, it's two weeks. So yes. see you in a fortnight is see you in two weeks. Yep. Lovely. Interesting. I didn't that's, know that was a thing. That's huh. the Queen's English. Good to know. <laughs> Queen's English, English. not Queen Latifah. I was going to say like Queens, like Queens County, because Queens English is different than than you know than British English. Yeah. Yes. Um, So we have one more question about Twitter, but I think we kind of covered it. Really, was why is it so powerful for library people? I mean, really, it's because of your the power of connection and and building building. Like 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 Bob said, you know, you start with your little circle, and then it it, it's sort of you know like concentric circles that keeps on building out, and your your connections continue to spread the more that you talk to people. And I think that's really the key thing, isn't it? With Twitter, you can, you know, you want to kind of lurk a bit. I think when you start out, because you're sort of trying to figure out how it works and, oh, that's how people reply and, you know, it's not appropriate to tweet a picture of my bum and, you know, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and, um, but then once you get, once you sort of get it figured out, you've kind of really got to get stuck in and you need to find a way to start talking to people on it because that's when it really starts to show you, it'll really start to show you, you know, the benefit of, of of Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Twitter. I'm really self conscious about that now. Twitter, it's Twitter. Now we're all Twitter. gonna say, yeah. yeah, but now we say we say, say Twitter too, but it's a different kind of Twitter. Twitter, 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 Twitter. I, I actually, I think, I mean, the connection thing's amazing, but I also love the research capabilities of of Twitter. Sure. I used to work in a research <laughs> library, and um. You know, the words stalk and research are interchangeable there. <laughs> but, it's all the um, same. It's all the same, but it's an excellent research tool. So if you want to see what people are doing or what they're up to and what events they've been, you know, research is all about following the breadcrumbs yeah. and there's a lot of breadcrumbs in social networks that you can follow. So I think that's um, something that, that I used it for that maybe other people um, don't really think about, or they do it mm. without realizing. Mm. And that's well, that was a ton of fun. Yeah, that was a ton of fun. Um, we've been looking forward to this uh, for a long time, and we're so lucky to have the window of opportunity to set up to cross the earth, the other side of the world, for this podcast. <laughs> awesome technology! It's amazing. It really is, isn't it? It, it the fact that it, well, I, I mean, this is all transmitting under undersea cables and and everything else it's and it's happening isn't it all in the cloud 
It is, but the, I mean... <laughs> the cloud! I'm confused. Undersea cables. Is that like submarine cables? Could be. I, I, probably. Mm. Again, when I was a kid, I thought submarine cables were cables that the submarines connected themselves to that then pulled them through the water under the sea. Well, I didn't know. Was, I didn't even know there was a term called submarine cables. We used to call them. Oh, under we see them a lot, sort of on coastlines, and yeah. Yeah, we call them undersea it's, cables. Oh, we call them submarine cables. Very confusing for a five-year-old. <laughs> Doesn't the submarine have like an engine? Yes, but I didn't know that. I thought they. It was like a tram, <laughs> like an under-the-sea tram. Under-the-sea tram. Because that's because that's not easy to track at all. <laughs> so, what? I, I thought oh some my strange god, moving on. Yeah, anyway, thanks. We yeah, can't we, edit that out. Chris, we have, to have, we have to have something for our three listeners to listen to here. <laughs> oh, this oh, is great. Okay, what's next, guys? Oh, we have no idea. What's next, girls? Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, we have a plan. We, we, we're looking at the script we say we never use, right? That's right. So, yeah, since we're the window of opportunities may be closing very soon because, you know, I don't know, the moon's going to pass between us or something. It's kind of like when, when the, the Apollo missions went on the other side of the moon, you couldn't talk to them, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah right? Time. Except for us, it's just we have to go to bed. Yeah. Because, you know, we can't stay up all night and talk to you because then, our, then your day becomes our night. Or your day becomes, oh, I'm confused. What? Hey, you, start, you started the episode off when it was Sunday, so let's... Uh... <laughs> as long if as it's still keep... Friday, we're ahead of the game. That's all I care about. If we keep talking, we might get to Sunday. That's yeah. yeah. Oh my god. People will be bringing us off, bring us food, and it'll be like a telethon. What's wrong with yeah? Right, a podcast telethon. Yeah. Ah, Perfect. I might have to call in sick to work. <laughs> I'll use a personal day. Yeah, I'll use a personal. <laughs> yeah, I'll use a personal day. Use a personal holiday. podcast day. The floating holiday, Chris. Oh, your floating holiday. <laughs> the floating yeah. holiday. <laughs> Uh, well, since Sally and Amy got uh, got this second segment uh, to pretty much ask us a whole ton of questions, and it was really a fun conversation, it's actually our turn to ask Sally and, Sally and Amy our top 10 library questions, which really is 11 questions. Uh, we also call it the 032 list, which is the Dewey number for top 10 lists. And as always, we have to give credit where credit's due to our friend Melanie Cardone from the Long Republic Library in Middle Island, New York, for naming the list. So we'll be back in a few seconds to torture our guests internationally. Ellen drew it 11 bucks. Mm -hmm. 